Welcome to the Forex Analytics Community Experience, or FACE, podcast. Dale Pinkert interviews some of the sharpest and most knowledgeable people in the financial markets daily. Also, you can go directly to forexanalytics.com or find us on YouTube to watch these interviews live and get fresh, intraday macro and technical analysis of the currency, stock, and commodities markets daily from the Forex Analytics team. Our FACE show is free every trading day. Now here's your host, Dale Pinkert. Thank you, team. Thank you, Kay. Ryan, Blake. Welcome back, Katie. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Dale. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. Good morning to you, Katie. So uh, last time we talked, uh, you know, S&Ps were trading 43-something, and you were talking about uh, we I see 4,500, which was a good call. So we uh, stretched it to 46 and I, I see you uh occasionally on uh other financial media and you've been calling what's been happening since 4600 a correction um you still stand by that yeah we do you know corrections often unfold in this abc wave format i'm not an elliott yeah. wave follower but yeah. it makes sense and, and it's really how it's unfolded this time around we don't have a selling climax or anything of that nature to suggest that the correction is fully over, but we do have upturns in our overbought oversold metrics. So, you know, the weekly okay. stochastics and, um, you know, the daily MACDs, we have enough of a shift in short-term momentum to suggest that it is over, even though we didn't get that big volatility spike or a selling climax. So, so we are sort of deferring to the cyclical bull trend as being intact, uh, which okay. is as a technical analyst, I mean, that's what we should be doing, right? Just respecting the primary trends. But we, while we're bullish short term, and we have been for, I'd say, a week and a half or so. Since uh, 4,200 was a very obvious place for the battleground or for a correction to end. Yeah. And to yeah. me, it seems too obvious. Uh, I, I, I still think we have a shot for that selling complex. Uh, uh, selling climax, which you're talking about, we didn't have. Yeah, you're you're not alone in that. I'm sensing there's a lot of calls out there for even a, an 87 type of move. Um, here's hoping oh, that's wow. not the case. I know, you yeah. know. I think it's just the, this this time of year, right? Once we get into October, fears are right. often running high. It was the case last year, and it's the case again. Uh, but we're seeing those sentiment metrics, which did get oversold enough, right? We did get enough of a contrarian reading and things like the fear and greed index uh, to suggest that we have some kind of low uh, in unfolding here. I think the real catch is that we don't know if this is just a short-term low or something that has more staying power. And in our research, we're suggesting that our, our long-term bias is still neutral unless okay. we can see the S&P 500 get through that 4,600 level, which has proven to be a really strong level. And I don't okay. mind that the 4,200 is so widely followed, nor do I mind that the 4,600 is widely followed as resistance. I think there is a reason for that. And, uh, you know, it makes sense from where it's peaked in the past. And for 4,200, there's really a confluence of support there. Yeah, so that's where we became level. parabolic to the upside when we took it out. Mm -hmm. That's how we got to 46. So it was that's kind of right. natural, kind yes. of a natural. I yeah. did hear that you said for us to get the market going again, it would be nice if yields peaked. 
So that's also it would part be, of wouldn't it? it? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I wanted to see him go up. So I'd like to yeah. see a cleanse, but uh, it doesn't look like they've peaked yet. We had a little bit of a pullback here on the 10 year mm -hmm. yield and uh, TLT mm -hmm. uh, is trying to base, but uh, it looks like we could still flush one more time. Yeah. So, it, could I share uh, my screen, Dale? I, I oh, that'd be great. I'm so tired of looking at my charts. Oh. <laughs> They're good charts, oh, right, uh, but I want to show you something specific, and it's um, based on the DeMarc indicators on the 10-year Treasury yield. So if we look okay. at 10-year yields, and hopefully this will pull up, I'll, I'll make the chart bigger that we're going to like hone in on here. Uh, but on 10-year Treasury yields, we, of course, have this very steep up move. This is on a weekly bar chart. Yeah. And we saw a breakout, of course, above that 434 level. Now, right. if you look at the red arrows, so here yeah. we have one here, 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 et cetera. They've really been very timely indications of the corrections, you know, um, that yeah. have ensued within the context of what we believe to be a secular uptrend behind yields. And you can see that just in the cloud model, the shaded area. The, okay. the mark indicators though, that are the source of those red arrows, they've been conducive to upside follow through up until this point. So I do think that we have enough of a counter trend indication that, that we should see consolidation at a very minimum, something okay. like this, perhaps, right, where we have yeah, consolidation sideways. sideways action for maybe six, eight weeks from here based on uh, the nature of these signals. And so yeah, you got that. You got yeah. that signal two weeks ago, Katie, uh, where mm -hmm. you have the five up there. Okay, that's right. So it's actually the nine that generates the red arrow, and it was preceded by a thirteen, which is very similar to the last two uh, sort of pre-corrective signals. Okay. And th those signals are indicative of a counter trend move in the nature of up to I'd say nine weeks from where the thirteen is generated. So we're already into it theoretically based okay. on the demark indicators so we, we would expect more of the same and i think that uh, that is key towards the relief rally in the equity market sustaining itself over that same time frame as well which as we know is a very strong seasonal period for the equity market if we go into any of our um, sort of seasonal work i love the um, seasonal graph that i can try to pull up here um yeah september you know, was a bad month and uh through the end of the year, it's bullish. That's right. So here's, and it doesn't matter how we slice it. it this is a five-year view of the S&P 500 on a monthly basis, just returns. Yeah. And you yeah. can see October, November, really very strong after a very weak September. I mean, we can go back 10 years and see the same. We can go back 20 years and see the same. So it's a Why, fairly- can, can you go back 50? Uh, let's because try. that was the last <laughs> time we had a war, in, a big war in the Middle East. It looks Israel like we can involved. only go back 30. So. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I knew, I knew it. But, you know, <laughs> it, you know, this is something, and, you know, I, I feel this way. I've been talking about it, that, you know, this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it can overwhelm your charts. It can overwhelm seasonals. It's, uh, you know, one of the biggest geo events, probably bigger than Ukraine. 
Um, that For sure. Kind of- yeah, we have to respect the geopolitical drivers. And, and this is what I always tell people is that when we're looking at charts, we're, we're uh, sort of listening to the market. The market is trying to tell us something. And, right. you know, all the information is getting boiled into the price trends. But we can't, uh, you know, predict why something will happen. Right. We can only right. really as technical analysts react to it. We can try to manage risk with what we know. As an example, this is the weekly S&P 500 chart. We have this oversold condition here with an upturn. Historically, that's been a good entry point with a duration of at least several weeks, right? So that that just puts probabilities in our favor. Now, Dale, there's, I mean, listen, there's so many risks out there. And if those risks do generate a breakdown, and for us, that would occur really below here. So sort of two weekly closes below here would be a pretty um, big setback in our opinion for the market. We would certainly manage risk through that and react to that. So what's nice about it is that we have an oversold reading near a a strong support area between the 200 day and this former resistance. And then, you know, we know, we know where our risk increases. It's below that area because the next support in part based on the cloud, you can see that's around 3908. So there is. You know, a- that's my target for uh, a swoosh if we get one about 39 and a half, not quite the March lows. So that's that, you know, that that's interesting that you bring that up. So um, and look you know. at the Fibonacci retracements here. So if we take the whole cyclical bull move. The 38.2% is at 41.81. So that's actually our bottom boundary of the support level that we've been highlighting. And when the 38.2% is taken out, then it it sort of targets the 61.8% retracement. So that's also fairly well aligned with the cloud. So you can see the importance of this level and then secondarily this level. But the indicators do support a a return to the highs, even potentially around 4,600. In the very uh, sort of near term, there's a hurdle based on the daily cloud. If you see that here, that's at 4,471 on the daily chart. So that's going to be the first hurdle by our metrics. Uh, But we think that the the momentum shift and also the breadth shift is strong enough to get us up to this resistance. Okay, uh, is the dollar also part of the play, like the yields where the dollar has come off uh, recent highs? We put in a lower high in the Dixie on Friday and Mm -hmm. uh, up until the news, retail uh, sales news, it was starting to decline again. So does this look like, you know, you're, I'm not an Elliotician either, but in ABC that the first decline um, that we had was, a and what are we looking at a weekly yeah perhaps and and this is this is the weekly bar so i I think the takeaway is maybe a little bit more muted than what we have from the demark indicators on treasury yields but you can see there here too we have a red arrow and that's based on this signal here this nine and you can see that it occurs within the context of the cloud the cloud is really very reliable for fx that's at least in our experience so as an example like when you see this um downdraft here this the bottom boundary should provide support and then when the upper boundary provides resistance that's a setback right and here's your breakdown um Where's, where's the upper end of the cloud right now katie this is about, let's see, 107.78 for the dollar. Okay. 
So it's a, this you. is a longer term view. You can see the overbought yeah. reading here, of course, too. So not quite as decisive as what we're seeing in yields from our indicators, but you could certainly see some consolidation within this context. But yeah. back in here, I mean, this was a pretty meaningful uh, breakout, right? It cleared so many resistance levels within this context here, you know, the 200 yeah. day, the 50 day, the daily cloud, this previous resistance. So I think we have to trust that this is a real turnaround from a longer term perspective and that what we're looking for is more just near term consolidation. OK, um, you know, we had that explosion in gold. Some of the shares have acted good. Are you on the miners now? Did you uh, do you believe uh, this wake up call that gold gave us with that hundred and ten dollar rally? I, I'm not a believer and only because it, it was preceded by a breakdown and there's still resistance. If we look at the generic contract, um, we, we have this cloud, which has been very reliable here too, oh. of uh, short-term peaks. And notice here we have, so the shaded area is the resistance very close by, runs up to about 1937. And if we break through it, well, then I'll be a believer. Uh, but you see what has happened in the last three up moves. It, it has failed right near that cloud. And also uh, with the red arrows popping up at these nines, you see that we're on an eight. So uh, we're pretty close to an overbought indication there. So once, once we get through that, or if we get through that, then I'd feel better like this downdraft is maturing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but for now, I think we have to trust that it's still counter trend. What was that for above it? Um, is that a DeMarc number? Above That's a cloud? DeMarc number. Yeah, it's a little bit of, of sort of a funky way that it's developed in here. Uh, we we look for 13s in that sequence, okay. the purple one, and uh, okay. it's obviously pretty far so gone. So we're far away from 13s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, what else is top of mind for you, Katie, as we work through this week and um, – you know, what's happening uh, geo-wise, uh, mm -hmm. you know, every time I see a move in the cannabis stocks, I think about you because you, got, you guys <laughs> stopped covering them. Are you starting to cover them again? Well, it, it's it's interesting. No, no, we, <laughs> we haven't come back to them. But listen, like we're we're paying attention, right? Um, yeah, they are. They have perked up, and we're kind of interested and. Uh, almost like the macro takeaway there because it, it shows a risk appetite, but it also could just really be specific to regulation there. So, oh, yeah, uh, but, but we're, in, yeah. we're intrigued and we're also, I want to show you a couple of things. The Russell 2000, look at this trading range. I mean, what it's a, ugly. It, it's ugly, but look, here's another one of these arrows. This is a green arrow at an right. oversold reading. So it tells us that we should see support discovery by the Russell, which is a small cap benchmark. And therein, we should also see breath improve. And breath is, is not great or has not been great, as you know. In fact, it's yeah. really been an issue all year. We're kind of back to square one in terms of market breath. The cumulative advanced decline line really needs to bounce here. That's what this is. You see it's yeah. got uh, it's testing the cloud, if you will. So we really want to see breath expansion. Or if we don't, then that to me will take away from the sustainability of this relief rally. And uh, the last thing that we have on our radar is Bitcoin, which okay. is something that we do still cover on a weekly basis. Arguably, it's been a bit boring lately, but but it could get pretty interesting here because we have, with the recent news around the ETF sort of um, you know possibility, 
we have a pending breakout in Bitcoin above our cloud. And just like the for FX, the cloud has been really very reliable. Here it acted as resistance. Here we almost had the same type of action that you saw before in the dollar index where it came down, it held that resistance, and here was your breakdown. So now with this, we if we see a couple of weeks above, so just this week and next, that would mark a pretty significant breakout in our work for Bitcoin. And it, it doesn't really resolve some issues on the monthly chart, but I think from an intermediate term perspective, that's pretty promising. And you can see the upturn here in the weekly stochastics as, as supportive of that uh, potential breakout. And also just the shape of it has that kind of basing phase look to it. Okay, yeah, interesting. Uh, last time you were on, uh, oil shares were uh, an important or mainstay of your uh, ETF. Uh, you liked uh, the oils last time we were together. Mm -hmm. uh, where do you stand on them now? Yeah, on, well, on crude oil, we did see a breakout, and that was like between June and July, or I guess more, more accurately, July. We saw a good turnaround there and some follow-through that took crude oil above it's 200 day moving average that was in here. Now you yeah. see the cloud, it's trending higher on the daily, uh, but arguably not, not very steep or impressive in the trend. Here's the uh, weekly chart of crude oil. So here too, you almost have sort of a rounded base in place with the breakout right. of the, this previous resistance, which is roughly 83. And that to us is, is roughly initial support now. But this is the hurdle, this $94 per barrel area. Above that, then it starts to look more sustainable. Um, and we've been calling for a, a potential breakout, but it's looking increasingly less likely with what we're seeing here. You almost see a double top type of setup in the weekly stochastics. So we're not totally convinced that this energy sector uh, relative strength is going to be sustainable. So we're, we're constructive on it in our research. We're overweight. We do not have energy exposure right now in the ETF. We have just the leading sectors for you know technology, communication services, industrials, and consumer discretionary. Of course, not not accidentally very heavy on the mega cap um, exposure in those sectors, right? Um, so the energy move, we we would be taking advantage of it for now, but we would be somewhat non-committal to it. Okay, where's the bottom of the cloud on WTI? So here it's around 76. So that would be effectively secondary support. So if you broke okay. the daily cloud, which is a moving target, so it's a little tricky, but let's call this like 82 to 83 if we look out a week or so. You take out the bottom boundary of that. That's going to be a short-term setback that would target the bottom boundary of the weekly cloud. And you can see that, that sort of 82, 83 area is bolstered by this, which is former resistance. Yeah. So maybe that's where we have to go to shake out all the people who are long oil because of a potential war and what could happen if there, you know, it escalates with Iran and the Straits of Hormuz, mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. And maybe <laughs> they have to be taken out first before we get that move. In the yeah, it's possible. Yeah, that 76 level is key towards the preservation of this turnaround. Okay. And... Uh, I think we've covered uh, the board. Uh, are you doing anything with uranium? That was a, like Cameco was a, a huge winner up until a month or so ago. The uranium sector was, I guess, a lot of retail flow. I'm not sure if it was institutional, but uh, they were really strong charts. 
Yeah, yeah. And listen, you've had a good run in uranium. It was it was something that I featured a few weeks ago um, in, in the media, and it, they said, "Well, you know, what are you buying right now?" <laughs> it was like right <laughs> as the corrective phase, and the S and P five hundred had gotten started. Right. So I said, "Well, how about uranium?" And and if that doesn't tell you how I feel about the equity market, I don't know what does. <laughs> yeah, did so. you have a Geiger counter to find the individual issues yes. in uranium? And, well, uh, this is why we we went with the ETF, so URNM yeah. as a way right. to a proxy for it. And you can see this nice run gave way to a counter trend indication, and that counter trend indication occurred pretty close to long term resistance. So I, I, you know, if I was a long term sort of interested investor in uranium, I wouldn't worry about the setup. But if I was more of a short-term oriented trader or, or had just been there for an opportunistic move, I, I'd probably be reducing. Okay. Um, you bring up MegaCap. Uh, could uh, I ask you to take a look at a couple of them before we say goodbye? Like uh, NVIDIA, to mm-hmm. me, looks like it's carving out a right shoulder mm-hmm. of a head and shoulders top. Um, what are you seeing there? That's really the poster child for AI. Yeah, and it's not what it was, right? We know that it's gone from a strong uptrend to now effectively a trading range type of setup. The short-term gauges point higher. You can see it here in part on the weekly stochastic. So we can't be sure that this is a a right shoulder, right, until we have some kind of peak. It it could certainly unfold that way. What I will say is that, and this this goes for a lot of the mega caps and and even the major indices, is, and that's all the more reason to be somewhat non-committal to the relief rally, is that we have counter trend indications on the monthlies to suggest okay. that kind of at best that Nvidia is probably more range bound for even more than uh, you know three or four months potentially. So we have these okay. counter trend indications there. So I think that we can be there short term. It does still have very good relative strength. Uh, versus the S and P 500, uh, but it's certainly not the position that it was before. Amazon gave up 15% in seven trading days, and it's bouncing back. Um, what what's the look on Amazon? Well, and, it's funny. It, it really barely participated in the correction. Um, yeah. The others, right? And you see yeah. that in relative performance here. So this is the ratio. It's a little messy, but versus the S and P 500, just look at that 200-day moving average in yellow. I, I think that in and of itself is a compelling reason to be long biased with Amazon. Just the turnaround in relative performance this year, okay. it shows a, a growing interest there. And and I think you do have some kind of short-term entry. So here's the turnaround versus the cloud, and here's our oversold upturn that's shared by so many stocks. So I think a short-term entry, I think that relative performance is is really very promising, not just short-term, but long-term. Um, but it, it's it's hardly free and clear resistance, right? I mean, look at the, the peaks, right? This is the first hurdles yeah. right in here. So, so when Microsoft and Apple were making all-time highs, Amazon mm-hmm. only retraced 61.8 of right. its prior decline. Yeah. It's really so, more of a turnaround play versus those. And yeah. you don't want your whole portfolio to be turnaround plays, right? You you, you want to have, uh, you know, mostly securities that are in long-term uptrends. And and Amazon's not really that right now, but it, it has some potential, I think. Katie Stockton, your work is elite and the way you communicate it is even better. Thank so, you so much, Dale. I appreciate you that. Know, 
Yeah, really. Uh, you know, you could have great work, but the way you're able to describe it to people um, really is um, a talent. So thank you so much. We, we really appreciate you coming here and edifying the face community every time you're here, Katie. Of course, happy to. All thank right. You. Well, you, you have a great trading season this <laughs> fall too. and uh, we'll get back together when the snow is falling. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Take care, everyone. <laughs> All right. Katie Stockton, follow Katie at Stockton Katie and check out her ETF, the name of the website before we go, Katie. They, we have fairleadfunds.com or fairleadstrategies.com. If you want a research trial, we offer 30 day, uh, 30 day research trial. So, okay. And the fair lead is uh, an understatement, it should be outstanding lead. <laughs> So uh, thank you. Thanks, Katie. See you. All right. So that's a wrap. Uh, Warriors. Katie's great, isn't she? I mean, uh, every time I talk to her, uh, you can tell I'm asking her about my book when I'm <laughs> when I'm interviewing her. Anyway, I hope it adds value to what you're trying to accomplish, bringing uh, top tier tactical technical traders to you. And you could join the team in. Looks like uh, 19 minutes for the morning edge. Thank you, everyone. Uh, good luck, good hunting, and don't just count your pips, count your blessings. Adios, everyone. <laughs>